Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that helps you heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. I would love it if you would listen to some more of my podcasts. I've had some amazing guests on the show, uh, JJ Virgin on traumatic brain injuries, um, uh, Dr. Pedram Shojai on um, living in the moment. Um, and today I have this super fun guest. I love this woman. I've known her for about a dozen years, um, Trisha Nelson. She's lost 50 pounds by identifying and healing the underlying causes of her emotional eating. Trisha has spent nearly 30 years researching the hidden causes of the addictive personality. Trisha is an emotional eating expert and author of the number one best-selling book, Heal Your Hunger, Seven Simple Steps to End Emotional Eating Now. She's also the host of the popular podcast, The Heal Your Hunger Show. A highly regarded speaker and coach, Trisha has been featured on NBC, CBS, KTLA, Fox, and Discovery Health. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Wow, a dozen years. That's incredible. (laughs) I know. Isn't that great? (laughs) That is true. It's really true. I can't even believe it. Yeah, I think it's a really cool backstory for us because we... (laughs) Landed in Los Angeles at the same time, right? And we were very new to the the um, business networking uh, groups that we were in, and we just bonded immediately. So oh, that's beautiful! Wow. <laughs> Both from the East Coast, you were yeah. from Boston. I was, you know, coming from South Carolina at the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so um, it's been really awesome to watch each other's growths uh, growth over the years and. That's really sweet. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you have a lot of experience in this arena. And I have to say that, yeah, you lost 50 pounds. It was a long time ago and you've kept it off. You're uh, very thin, but you look very healthy. And I've eaten with you and I know that you eat really well. <laughs> like a lot of people, <laughs> you do. Absolutely. So do I. Um and um, I mean, I know you eat like real food, just like mm-hmm. I do, and you eat well, and um, you're thin, not as a result of starving yourself like a lot of people do. Right. Um, in fact, that's antithetical to your work. Yeah, <laughs> so, for sure. So, um, so yeah, so you've uh, recently, you've been, you've got you, your book that came out. Um, seven Steps to Ending Emotional Eating Now. Um, you've got your Heal Your Hunger show, and you have a new program that came out recently as well. So I want to talk about all of that. Um, but um, I want to start with uh, the connection between illness and emotional eating. A lot of my listeners um, are dealing with illness or chronic pain, um, autoimmune diseases, um, and there's a really obvious connection that I know that you'll be able to make easily for listeners. Um, what uh, what do you do you see is like the number one connection between chronic illness and emotional eating? Well, I mean, definitely there's a huge connection, and I think that a lot of people who do have chronic illness, um, either it was 
developed on account of eating the wrong foods, you know, um, or it's exacerbated from eating the wrong foods and too many, you know, too much and overeating. So, uh, unfortunately we can create illness in our cells by eating foods that are unhealthy, you know, mm-hmm. chemicals and additives and, um, things that don't agree with our bodies and, uh, mm-hmm. things that make us gain weight. And then the weight gain obviously causes health problems. So, I mean, truly, Meg, I believe emotional eating is at the crux of so many problems that we have physically and, um, and, and it's overlooked so often, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really the elephant in the living room because mm-hmm. when we, uh, when, emotional eating is not just eating over your emotions, but it's, it's choosing, uh, certain foods on account of our emotional needs. And so what I, you know, what I mean by that is that yeah. we're not just, you know, binging a whole bunch of food. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm not an emotional eater. But if somebody is, you know, constantly choosing, you know, potato, you know, to eat a potato instead of spinach, or they're, <laughs> you know, they're, they're eating uh, heavy sauces or eating their, they're eating sandwiches instead of salads. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're drawn to start, you know, pasta instead of a, a meat dish, uh, meat mm-hmm. and vegetables. They're drawn to the starchy, heavy uh, foods, you know, that have, uh, grains or flour in them, um, mm-hmm. cheese, a lot of dairy. I mean, the foods that we're drawn to when, when we're emotional eater are not salads. I mean, we're not drawn mm-hmm. to celery sticks, you know, and kale. I mean, we, when we want, when we need emotional comfort from our food, mm-hmm. uh, we, we go to the heavier foods and, and, and we go to those foods because they kill our emotions, I mean, mm. I mean, I used to, when I would stuff myself with all kinds of food, it was because, you know, I was looking to kill the pain. I mean, I often say that we, I mean, after doing this work for like 30 years, we've identified three primary drivers of emotional eating and I call, I call it the PEP formula, PEP. So the first P is for painkiller. So we, we use food as a painkiller because it kills pain. I mean, literally, you know, after a good binge, we feel nothing, you know, except full um, and and uh, and disgusted. But we don't feel the original pain, you know. And then the next one is E, which stands for escape. So we often use food just to check out. Um, and that's often because of fear. You know, emotional eaters are typically, uh, tend, we tend to be, fearful. We have an inordinate mm-hmm. amount of fear more than your average person. We're highly sensitive and we're, when we're sensitive to fear. So we use food to just, you know, d- you know, dampen that fear and to really not feel so afraid to feel more courageous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also use food as a form of punishment. And this is something people don't think about because they're like yes. punishment, you know, what are you talking about? I'm, you know, when I get a pan of brownies and my favorite ice cream, Ben and Jerry's mm-hmm. and sit in front of the TV, I'm I'm rewarding myself. I'm not punishing myself. Yeah, but that's actually not the truth at all. And I I find it interesting that culturally speaking, the things that we start teaching our children at a young age is, oh, a cookie will make you feel better. Let's go get some ice cream to celebrate Um, or, you know, to... Um, the ice cream will make you feel better. And that's even, that's even the image that we use all the time. You know, like you've had a bad breakup, you're going to go get Ben and Jerry's and yeah. a brownie and to numb your emotions. But you really, ultimately you end up feeling much worse about yourself. Totally. And I, and I always say that the, the P stands for punishment and that's on account of guilt. So 
Emotional eaters have, you know, again, being highly sensitive, we feel guilt really easily. Uh, Mm -hmm. We feed on ourselves. And I mean, a a good binge, you know, and eating the wrong foods that make us hurt. I mean, like our bodies hurt there. I mean, that's like a perfect punishment, you know? And so the next day when we don't fit into our jeans, we have zits on our face and we feel bloated and we're, (laughs) you know, and we've, you know, triggered all kinds of inflammation in our body. Right. That's, that's a form of punishment and that's really on account of underlying guilt. So it's the pain, the yep. fear and the guilt that really drives people's disordered eating, even though they're not aware of it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like when I do transpersonal psychology sessions with people, I work directly with those emotions, the pain, the fear, the guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see this all the time because I'll, I'll have some p- people in my practice that are emotional eaters Um and work with, you know, what is that emotion underneath that you're trying to numb? I reframed it and I think of it not as a negative emotion, but as a teaching emotion. It's there to teach you something about who you really are. Mm. Um, but that it's, um, we're so busy trying to suppress it and pretend it's not there. <laughs> right. That we're not listening to it. And when I help guide the person to, to listen to what it has to say, what it's thinking, what it's feeling, where it is in the body. Um, they get relief and release from mm-hmm. understanding the unconscious emotions and thoughts that are associated with it. And, um, and then they feel better on the other side of that. So that's, you know, one technique. And I know there's, you must know so many techniques of helping people to release that. Can you give listeners uh, a technique that they can use um, to help them maybe be aware of what they're doing or um, to help them maybe process it in the moment? Totally. Um, my favorite thing and recommendation is probably not what people want to hear, but I, uh, I love writing, you know, mm-hmm. putting pen to paper. Me and too. Yeah, it's, it is so liberating and it's really magical in that it really does unlock the subconscious. So, I mean, all the time when I'm jammed up about something or angry about something really triggered, um, I immediately go to my computer and I, and I start typing out, you know, I pull up a a new document and I just start ranting on paper, you know, pull paper, you know, my computer. And I just, I dump that negative energy out, um, Mm -hmm. you know, all my thoughts and feelings about a situation because I have to get it out, you know, I have to share it or wear it, you know? And so (laughs) if if I don't express it, I'll eat over it eventually, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just can't afford to bury emotions and, and certainly because it'll not only make me overeat it, it will cause pain. I mean, buried emotions, as you know, I mean, so much of illness comes from that. So, absolutely, so yeah, I just dump on paper and I, um, or my computer and, and I get that stuff out and what's so beautiful about writing too, is that I will over, like, I can only rant for so long before I'm just sort of out of energy and then I'm bored with the topic. So, so after that, (laughs) you know, I just begin to see, oh, it's like, I have to pull off that whole first layer of blame and anger Mm -hmm. before I can start to see myself in the situation and what might be really going on, especially my fears. Cause so much of the time fear is, you know, underlying anger. And so Mm -hmm. I have to, um, I have to just write it out, get the, get the blame out, get the victim stuff out. And then I can start looking more constructively at, you know, how did I contribute to this situation? How could I have done something differently? What choices can I make? So I'm not in this situation again. And then it just reframes it. And then it really takes the fire out of it. And so I'm not 
burning up and angry and, you know, on a rampage. And so, uh, you know, and I just settled down and I just kind of can laugh about how angry it was. It's amazing to me how that can diffuse emotions, you know, writing it it out. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, if, if anybody knew how, powerful and healing writing is like mm-hmm. nobody would not do it. Like it, everybody would be writing. Yeah. But yeah, and I, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I think people get kind of, you know, that they, they think they have to be good writers for this, but this is your personal thing, you know, and you can delete it afterwards. You can do what you want with it, but I found it useful to actually keep this. I have like, I don't know, 25 journals or something. Um, and that I'll look back at things that I did years ago and go, wow, <laughs> I'm so glad I'm yeah. not there anymore, you know, not yeah. there anymore. And I, totally. I don't even react that way anymore. Um, which is nice to kind of see your progress. Um, but yeah, if there's something about giving it over to the page that makes you also see like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm blaming so-and-so for this. And, but I'm really responsible. Like, where's my responsibility in, in this whole thing that's really upsetting me? Totally. Um, yeah, that's vital. I've got to reframe it. Got to get a new perspective. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but that's a great, that's a great suggestion. So, um, and I encourage people that even they don't consider themselves writers. They think they don't like it to just try it, you know, just try it. Yeah. If you, if you would rather do pen to paper because it just feels better for you, or if you'd rather sit at the computer, just try it. It's, I agree with you. That's an amazing way to help process emotions, you know, just get them out. Yeah. Very, very important. Get them out. Is there another, um, a suggestion you have for people for, um, helping them to shift their emotional eating? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I start my day every day with spiritual practices that help get me centered. And that's one of my seven simple steps is centeredness because mm-hmm. getting centered really, you know, so much of the time we overeat in reaction to life um, and in reaction to our emotions, you know, on account of life. And so um, I really need to establish a spiritual connection before you know, I go out into my day and when I don't, I see a big difference, you know, in my ability to handle things that come up. So, um, you know, I start my day on my knees, I I pray and I meditate Mm -hmm. for 20 minutes and I, uh, Mm -hmm. do some spiritual readings and then I take a walk and I talk to, they call it God, but it doesn't matter what you call it, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and that walk, I call it my walk, pray. My walk, pray is so vital (laughs) for me. Because I need to, I really need to connect with spirit so that I can, you know, not be running on self propulsion, you know, mm-hmm. um, because that I'll just I'll wear out really easily from that. And that you know is a really great point you're making right there. And uh, so many people don't realize that connecting to a higher power, something greater than yourself, actually brings you more energy. And that if you're just running on your ego personality alone. You're exhausted. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And the meditation too is so energizing. I mean, I am completely 100% dependent on meditation in my life. And again, it's another one of those things that people are just like, uh, you know, I know it's a good idea, but I don't really want to do it. And, you know, to be honest, I don't want to do it either ever. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, I've been meditating for close to 30 years, but I, you know, every day I'd rather get up and go and just run my life, you know, but I know I'll run it into the ground if I don't do the meditation first. So, um, so doing that discipline and it is a discipline because it doesn't come naturally. Um, but it's amazing how helpful it is in helping me connect. And I also like to meditate, uh, toward the end of the day, like around four, three, four or five. And sometimes even earlier, if I'm working really hard on something, I'll be pooped by like two and I want to take a nap, but usually instead of napping, I'll meditate for 20 minutes and boy, it just picks me right up. And the thing is, is that's usually the time, you know, late afternoon is usually the time when we start snacking, you know, uh, we've we've built up stress Uh, throughout the day and we're Uh you know tired and we've just got that slump going on. And that's usually when we think, let me go to the kitchen and grab something to pick me up, you know, or a cup of coffee or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, it's always an unhealthy crutch. And, and I just, you know, when I have an inclination, like, you know, I need to be perked up here. I literally close my computer and I go into the other room and I meditate for 20 Mm -hmm. minutes and then I'm good to go. Like I'm just refreshed and it's so powerful. You know, and that's a good, really good point because, uh, People don't necessarily associate meditation with gaining energy. We, they're always taught to think that you've got to get food to eat. You need food in your body in order to, to have more energy. Yeah, or, or meditation. What happens is most of the, or something. Yeah, yeah, right, right, or that, or they just they just make zero association between meditation and energy, and they think that energy is all about physical things right. you're doing physically. So. Um, but then what a lot of people are choosing, like you said, the cup of coffee or they're, they're choosing some sugary snack or something because they think, you know, it's going to give them a boost that will give them a charge, but they're going to crash after, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I always say, you know, that afternoon meditation is so powerful and I always say, and I really don't have empirical evidence for this. I just know it to be true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that um that people will eat 200 calories less for dinner if they meditate before they go into the kitchen to prepare dinner like oh, like okay. you know cuz we come home at the end of the day after work and we're stressed out and we're spinning at a really high rate mm-hmm. and typically we go into the kitchen and start munching and we're unconsciously munching 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 and it, what we're really doing is trying to come down from the stress of the day we're trying to de-stress yeah, you know, and the food and the munching and and um, the carbs that we typically munch on that all contributes to our coming down. You know, and 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 obviously that's a high calorie way to come down. And so, if somebody were to come home and go straight to their bedroom, light a candle, put on some music, or just be in silence and meditate. Oh my goodness, like just, just even 10 minutes of it is going to bring your state, you know, like help you unwind and help that spin slow down. Yeah. So that when you get to the kitchen, you've got a chance, you know, you have a chance in the kitchen, <laughs> you know, otherwise it's just like food is what you're using to come down. So yeah. I always recommend take some time out, you know, take some quiet time first. And I want to backtrack here for a moment uh, about, you know, you're talking about spirituality, you're talking about meditation and how incredibly crucial they are to um, your your continued healing process um, um, and, you know, to, to keeping you off of eating food as a way to self-medicate. Uh-huh. Um, so I know a lot of people balk at 
the word spiritual, they balk at the word meditation. Um, they think that this has to do with a religious practice and they have to, you know, adopt dogma from a group and all of that. What do you say to people when they start to, to get uncomfortable with you making these suggestions? Well, I'm not feeling very diplomatic right now, so I would just say get over it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really, it's 2017. It's like, it's, I'm not talking about religion. You know that. And I know people don't know that, but, and I do, I, in my book, I have to explain, I'm not talking about religion here. I'm talking about anything, like whatever your higher powers want to, want to call it. But Mm -hmm. I think this now in this day and age, like, it's just so clear that we've got to have something and that, you know, and that we can't depend on our own willpower. It doesn't work and it doesn't yep. work with emotional eating. So, I mean, mm-hmm. to be honest, it's just, I mean, and I know I had my own beefs with God when I grew up religious and then just had my fill of it and I didn't want anything yep. to do with it. So I have to tell you, emotional eaters are very, t- if somebody has an addictive personality and they tend towards emotional eating, they're probably going to have issues with God. It goes with the territory. Um, it just does. It's like we, we, anything we're very sensitive. And so any dogma we bristle at and we're like, don't shove that down my throat. I won't have it. And so we get really angry and defiant about it. So I totally get it. Um, but it's like, I don't know. I just feel like nowadays, there's been so much awareness raised and our consciousness is so much more raised about the fact that spirituality is different than religion. Yes. But I feel like people should know that. But if they don't here, you know, here we're addressing it now, you know, like, yeah, you, exactly. like it doesn't matter what you call it. Like God is three letters put together in, in a row, you know, and uh-huh. G-O-D. that's it. They're letters. They mean nothing. Like the word God uh, drives people crazy because they bring to it their own meaning. Right, Um, exactly. So obviously, you know, we need to heal our prejudices, which have nothing to do with what God is. You know, I mean, I don't think any of us could even fathom what God really is. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But the point is that I cannot do it myself. Like I cannot get up in the day and be successful at running my life because I believe we all need a crutch. You know, when I was in high school, my best friend in high school and I had a conversation and she was very atheistic and she's like, oh, people who believe in God are just like, they just, they're just needing a crutch. And I remember thinking to myself, well, I need a crutch, you know, like, (laughs) like, like, I'm not going to be able to do it without a crutch. And even then, and I had beefs with God, but I still Mm -hmm. knew I sure as hell needed something. And I believe that we all do need something like we're, everybody's everybody has a crutch. Like Mm -hmm. life is too difficult. It's too overwhelming and we need a crutch. There's no question about it. So it's either coffee or it's food or it's sex or it's, you know, workaholism. It's like, we're all using something to get by. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it can be a healthy crutch or an unhealthy crutch. And there's very few crutches that don't have adverse side effects, you know? And, and and the one that I know for positively sure doesn't have an adverse side effects is, is having, you know, a belief, uh, some kind of faith, some kind of spirituality will not hurt you. You know, and that's a really great distinction. And I don't hear people talking about that, the difference between a healthy crutch and an unhealthy crutch. Yeah. Um, And, you know, finding one that's healthy for you. Now I I completely agree with you. I, I, 
can't imagine getting through life without having a spiritual perspective, which is just, you know, a connection to a higher power, something much bigger than I can even fathom. Like you said, that like, how do you even define God? Um, uh, you know, and I think that too, that everybody's path, spiritual path is individual to that person. And even if you are in a religious organization, the person sitting next to you does not, I can guarantee you does not see it all the, the exact same way you do. Right. Or experience it all the same way you do. There's as many paths to God and spirituality as there are people. You yeah. Know? It's well, very, very individual. But I do agree with you. It's very much, it's incredibly important to your healing because I think that's ultimately what heals us is the spiritual piece. Absolutely. I, I can't heal myself. You know, it's going to yeah. have to come from a higher power. And, you know, if you look at the successful people in the world, mm-hmm. um, and are truly successful people whose lives are in harmony. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are successful and their lives are chaotic. You know, yeah. they're quote successful. They have a lot of money maybe and their lives are chaotic um, or they create chaos wherever they go. Well, I'm talking about true success where you're in harmony and you have good family relationships and good marriage mm-hmm. and you're, and you make a lot of money and you help a lot of people in the world. Those people yeah always believe in some kind of uh, God or higher power. I mean, there's there's very few people whose lives are clicking, you know, at a very Mm -hmm. highly evolved level who, who are atheists. It's just, I mean, it's the evidence is there. Exactly. And if I'm pissed off at God, it doesn't mean there's no God. It just, I mean, if I'm, (laughs) if I'm claiming to be an atheist, it doesn't mean there's no God. It just means I'm kind of pissed off about the whole thing. (laughs) Right. And I think that's that, you know, yeah, it's more like um, having a hard time with the religious aspects of somebody telling you, you need to do this, this, and this, or this awful thing is going to befall you. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. it's like, no, let's remove the awful thing that's going to yeah. befall you. And that's, and no, let's just absolutely go for the joy, the love. Yeah. The, there, there's no question yeah. why people get pissed off about the whole God thing. There's no, I mean, yeah. it's really scary and really abusive. So there's no question about it, but obviously so, they wouldn't be listening to you if, if they were still buying into that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't so. think. <laughs> okay. So, well, this is a good discussion because I think, you know, that the, this is at the core of your day and how you start your day and how you healed your relationship to a, a addiction, which is, you know, emotional eating is an addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so are there some other tips that you like to give people to help them overcome this? Yeah, I mean, there's lots. I mean, definitely the spiritual is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, another thing in my book, I mean, I definitely recommend my book obviously as a great way to help people kind of get it. the key. Yeah. And, and one of the things my book does for people is it shifts them out of the diet mentality and into a more constructive way to view the weight issue and the food mm-hmm. issue, the overeating issue, because diets don't work. They're never going to yeah. work. It's a bandaid. It's a, you know, a superficial fix to something that goes much deeper And so the book is really about helping people look at those deeper, you know, uh, reasons why we overeat, why we're drawn and compelled to overeat. And Mm -hmm. so, um, and so that's really why I wrote is because I really am passionate about getting people to, you know, look at this from a new perspective because we just keep going, you know, when your house is on fire, all you want to do is put the fire out. 
Um, yes. you know, and when you're gaining weight and you can't stop eating, all you want to do is stop. And so diets seem like the, the right thing to go to, you know, quick fix. It's like, and they'll say, Oh, I know diets don't work, but give me the diet anyway, you know? And so they just want to put the fire out. Um, and so this book is really about changing the conversation completely and starting to look within and look at the deeper issues. It's all about healing those underlying issues. Cause when those heal, then you don't crave overeating, you know? I mean, so many yeah. people are trying to not overeat when they would do anything to overeat and, and get away with it. So you can only stand that for so long before you bust out, you know, and that was the truth for me. So let's go ahead and, you know, dig into the underlying causes. So one, another really important cause I believe is our, our lack of communication and the fact that emotional mm-hmm. eaters tend to stuff their feelings and they stuff, they stuff their self-expression, you know, they don't mm-hmm. express themselves. And so I have, um, in my book that I have something called the 10, um, 10 secrets to expressing yourself with confidence. And oh, wow, that's wonderful. Yeah. And it's really vital because we don't speak up for ourselves. We don't use our voice and that can make us very sick as well. And so, um, it makes us sick and it makes us overeat, you know, so much of the time, right? I mean, so much of the time we're people pleasers. We're always saying yes. We're never saying how we really feel. And so we're just, you know, we're, we've got this log jam inside and we're just bearing our, bearing it with food. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And my gosh, you know, what do you say to people who are, are stuffing those emotions? I mean, do you help, does the book help them with learning to express? Oh, totally, totally, totally. Great. Oh, I'm all about that. That's probably mm-hmm. the biggest problem with emotional eaters and the way they live is that um, they're not speaking up and they're not finding their voice. And they're also, they're also um, massive people pleasers. Mm-hmm. So they're saying yes to things because they're getting their self-esteem from outside of themselves instead of inside or from a higher power. And so, and so they're constantly, they're ruled by what people think about them. So they're overdoing They're you know, they're, they're overspending, they're doing, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're spending money. There's a saying they're they're spending money. They don't have to buy things they don't need to impress people they don't like, you know? And so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's gotta be, you know, that's gotta change. I mean, yeah, things, exactly. things need to change. You know, if I want to get better, I need to do things differently. And so that's what my uh, book is about. And that's what my course is about too, is just act- absolutely walking people by the hand and, and, um, showing them how to make these fundamental changes because mm-hmm. just doing it at the, at the food level or the diet level is not enough because if, Somebody doesn't change the way they're living. They're still going to crave an anesthetic. They're still going to crave that painkiller. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, And and that's absolutely true. So what about the program? Can you tell people a little bit about that? Like how long is it? It's online. Is it with you? Is it? Yeah. So it's, um, it's, uh, it's called seven steps to, uh, seven simple steps to end emotional eating now. It's a self-paced program. So it's, uh, okay. modules that you take and there's videos and audios and worksheets, you know, homework basically that you do each week. And then as you finish the week, then you get another module. Um, mm-hmm. and then I have a live, uh, Facebook community, uh, private Facebook community that where everybody can talk to each other and, and support each other. And then I do Q and a calls every other week as well. So there is, um, quite a bit of me in there. I'm commenting okay. on Facebook. I'm doing the Q and a mm-hmm. calls. Um, uh, but the, the course itself and the modules, they're taking that as, you know, as they can, you know, they're listening. The videos are like 
10 to 15 minutes each. And mm-hmm. there's like each module has like, you know, a, a, you know, maybe three or four videos in it. So they're in bite sized pieces. So you could just grab one, you know, if you have 10 minutes to spare. So it's not this big, long class. Oh, okay. um, yeah, which makes it a lot easier. But it just it absolutely takes people by hand through my entire process um, okay. and helps people begin implementing right away. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. And this is so needed. I I know I come across it all the time in my work, um, you know, emotional eaters. um, Yeah, for sure. Huge uh, population that really needs a lot of help. And I think too, with the, the quality of the food in the United States particularly is so poor Mm -hmm. that what people are eating is so caustic and they don't realize that it's not only um, contributing to um, this disease of this emotional eating, but it's contributing to other diseases like autoimmune diseases, um, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, um, all of those chronic illnesses, Oh, uh, you know, all of the bowel issues, you know, ulcers, irritable bowel syndrome, leaky gut syndrome, all of those things are all inter interrelated. Um, so this is this ties in very closely to, you know, if you start to see yourself and anything that we're saying today, um, that um, this could be at the core of what's going on with you. And uh, this kind of resource that helps break it down for you easily. Uh, I, I know you well enough to know that you're really good at being direct and clear and very helpful with the, the kinds of steps that you present. Um, so you. You know, this could be this the perfect, perfect um, opportunity for somebody who, you know, you've got an auto, autoimmune disease, but it might be really caused from your emotional eating. Totally. Because we know that when people cut out the food chemicals and the sugars and all of the junk that they often will have a complete remission of their autoimmune symptoms. So that's so true. You know, people just, they can't follow through on the protocols their doctors are giving them. I mean, it's like Mm -hmm. people, you know, they want to get better, but their, their real downfall, again, the crux of the problem is the fact that they continue to eat crappy foods you know, they're drawn to crappy foods, even though they know better, they can't do better. So that's yes. really what I'm about is helping people actually connect the dots. They can follow through on this amazing information that they're given or protocols that they're given to heal. Yeah, exactly. And I think another important piece about um, any time that you want to do a quote unquote diet, which as you say, I say they don't work. It's, it's really a lifestyle change. You have to yeah. shift your lifestyle and adopt a new way of eating and keep it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean you can't have a cupcake, but when you have one, it's going to be paleo, gluten-free, dairy-free, you know, like it's um, yeah. you know, high quality. It's not going to be a chemical-laden thing. So, um, But I think the, the, key, the key thing is that if you don't do something in the realm of personal and spiritual development and you just try to change the way you're eating, you're not going to get what you need. You're not going to be able to make that shift. And that's what I think is at the crux of your work too, is that you have to do the emotional work. You have to do the underlying work and personal development work, spiritual development work in order to really get well. 
Totally. Yeah. It's a package deal. You know, mm-hmm. it's mind, body, spirit. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. So there's no pill that you can take. There's, there's no miracle diet that you can just do and then not struggle with. Right. So, so this is great. Um, okay. So you have a free gift to offer to people. Yeah. Um, three health mistakes smart people make that keep them overweight, stressed out, and unhappy. Yes, this is a great cheat sheet, which kind of covers a lot of things we've talked about here and then a whole bunch more. And it's all in one sheet that somebody can print out and use, you know, as a reference guide. Awesome. Okay. Um, And we can find that at uh, www.healyourhunger.com forward slash smart people. So that's awesome. Uh, Great. Okay. So you've got that. And, um, can you direct people to your website and your um, your podcast? Yeah, they, uh, they can get it all at HealYourHunger.com. Uh, okay. So just go to HealYourHunger.com and there's a subscribe button for the podcast. And also all my past episodes are there as well. So they can uh, find that also. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. Good. Okay. Is there anything that you would like to leave the audience with? Uh, just, you know, go forth and take care of yourself. <laughs> Self-care. That's the name of the game. Awesome. Yeah. Be, reminds- sweet, be sweet to yourself. Mm, that's, that's great. Be sweet to yourself. That reminds me of something when uh, my mom says to me every single time right before we're about to get off the phone, um, she says, take good care of my baby. Oh, it's so sweet. It just it that plays at my heart. So sweet. I love that. Awesome. So that's what I tell my audiences to take good care of your mama's baby. Yeah. You're precious. And there's only one of you. Yeah. So um self-care, self-love. So thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so excited to be able to share this with audiences. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. And um, so to listeners, please share this with as many people as possible that you think might benefit from it. Um, I know Trisha's got lots of gems for people um, and just really clear, uh, straightforward systems that you can use to help you stop emotional eating, um, which spills into a plethora of other things. So um, thanks so much for listening to a Get Well Soon podcast series. And remember that food can kill you or food can heal you. The choice is up to you. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list, get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes, and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.